one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. Welcome to WTC Squadcast, a podcast focusing on international metas, tournaments, communities, and the World Team Championship. The WTC is a proud partner of the T-Sports Network, Best Coast Pairings, and is sponsored by The Army Painter. If you'd like to support the podcast and the WTC, please visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash WTC Squadcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the WTC Squadcast, Inter Squad. In this podcast, we get a deeper insight into the specific teams, how do they work, how do they form their teams, and how do their local 40k community works. I'm Ushik and today we have Haydar from Team Iceland. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So, can you introduce yourself for us, please? Yeah, I'm Heidar Thor. I am the team captain for Iceland for now. I... Okay, yeah, hi, I'm Heidar Thor. I'm the captain for Team Iceland now. Uh, and... So, uh... Like how old are you? How how long have you been playing for forty k? For that's actually more important to me. I'm twenty five years of age right now, and I've been playing Warhammer since probably like ten, or started at least at ten. Can't say I have been playing competitively since then. But yeah. Okay. So, so that since you were ten or for ten years, I didn't get that. Yeah, sorry, since I was 10, so for like 15 years. <laughs> That's longer than I am. Now that I have been playing, so you got me beat there. Uh, so, how, how did you hear about the WTC? How did you decide to become a more competitive player? I remember in like 2013, some of the guys from Team Iceland were going, were playing with us. That was the first mention I got. And... Then it went away for a bit, they start, stopped going. And it really started to get my attention in 20, just before the tournament in 2019. There was a lot of media discussion around it. And I wanted to join. So then at that point you decided to form the team or were you elected by the community to become the captain? Uh, I talked to a couple of guys about it. Uh, our former captain is a Danish person that has that moved to LA a long, long time ago. So I decided to go after the captaincy. So just to someone would have it for us and starting to gather a team. Okay, uh, so it's. Just you, I'll just do it with a mentality, which is nice. Which is that's usually how teams start forming when there hadn't been a team for a while. Uh, can you describe the Iceland community, the 40k community there? Like, it, 
how many people do you guys play competitive in general or more, more casual like that? Yeah, we have a single store in Reykjavik and the community evolves a bit much around that. There are popping up a small places here and there around Iceland, but now we are holding every four to five weeks a 14-man RTT tournaments here. And we are just starting to hold TTs every six months. We just held well, the 24-man TT that got <clears throat> had a lot of people on the waiting list this last month, and we are starting to pump that up. Oh, so everything is going great, I would say. That's not bad, actually. Like for especially if you'd like us to have the community die down a bit, and especially with COVID, I assume that was a uh, that was an important factor as well, like the like the rest of the world. Uh, but twenty four person for like Iceland is not that big of a country. It's but it's still pretty good. So do you guys play more competitively, or are you more casually inclined in general, like the community? Say both. <clears throat> My group is definitely more competitive, but we also have groups that are more just playing around, having fun. But yeah, I would say like the group that usually goes to RTT is like a 10, 15 man yeah, okay. group is competitive. And some of them are extremely competitive, <laughs> going abroad a lot. I, I was going to mention that. Uh... There has been, like, people have been telling me that the Iceland guys have been traveling a lot compared to, uh, like, like, obviously there are some people who travel to almost every tournament they can, but with Iceland, it's compared to the size of the community, you guys seem to have traveled a lot and make an impression abroad. Yeah, we, it's actually very short <laughs> to go from Iceland to Britain, it's like a three-hour flight, and and we've also been going to Netherlands and some of the Scandinavians. And we always try to go some guys together and having markers with the Icelandic flag. And we maybe a bit, it's a bit easier to spot us than other people, us having the Icelandic flag and such. But yeah, we have definitely been, have, we have definitely been active in the tournaments abroad. So how do you, how would you compare the maybe calling it meta might be incorrect but like do you think you hold yourselves at the foreign tournaments or are you still catching up as skill and play level that's what i meant i think we are pretty well matched at least the guys that are going abroad we went to we had a five-man group going to london gt Four of us went four and one, and one guy went three and two. That's mm. fine. And we also made a splash at Las Vegas. And I believe we have a lot of big faces in a very small pond here. Yeah, that sure sounds like it. Like everybody getting a, a like you said, four four person getting a four one, and the other person getting a three two. Uh, it's actually quite a good. Uh, like good record if you consider that the London GT is quite a big and a highly competitive tournament. So, uh, 
it is going to be interesting to see because uh, I don't mean to this to disparage, but uh, when Iceland attended in twenty thirteen and fourteen, which is which were the only two years they attended, they were the last place. I haven't been playing that at least in the ETC scene, so I don't know what was the occasion, but it seems like. People might be underestimating Iceland by checking the record and saying, oh, they're just going to play casual. But I did, it seems like you guys are taking this very seriously and actually quite competitive and can make an impression. Uh, would you agree with that or am I missing something? No, I would agree. It's like eight years ago, they went last time. They went, yeah, 2013, 2014. I believe they won best best sportmans in both years <laughs> and yeah it's a, a very long time ago everything has changed a lot so i don't think those results or anything to go by yeah and at this point even the like even the most closest tournament is three years away which is in a different edition it's near uh, almost useless when it comes to try to gauge the, the this year's strength or skill level to compare trying to try to compare it to past year it's it's almost a guessing work which is which is nice it's going to be a blank slate and it's it feels like there's going to be lots of surprises too which I I'm looking forward to it uh, you mentioned that you guys have like 14 15 competitive players but obviously WTC is a squad of eight. How do you plan to pick the eight persons? Like, are you going to have tournaments, or as the captain, are you going to pick all the eight player roster yourself? Try to compare the tournament results and also get guys that want to fly over. So, ah, that's not one. That is definitely not the one. If a person is able to come and fly over, <laughs> and then we try to compare the tournament results, and the, the third and the last is usually we can't go with ten. Uh, we can't go with eight space marine players. So that is also we have that also in consideration. But it hasn't really been a problem. Now we managed to get exactly the eight guys we wanted, and we will see how it goes next year's if it if something comes up yeah rule so it's rules and logistical constraints like most countries is going to affect you just like the, 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 there there are only a few countries that actually have the let's say luxury that that are that can have ex, extensive selection periods like America, France, and England are some of those countries that can, oh, we'll have several tournaments and we'll see about that. And most of the countries, and especially with the more financially challenged one, is it's mostly, sadly, about money, which is, uh, I want to ask about that for Iceland as well. Is, is the financial aspect coming to WTC or playing 40K much of a, barrier there or is it more of a uh, simply an interesting which is the more which would be the bigger barrier for an Icelander to get into 40k and WTC 
most of the people in Iceland that it, the financial part is not a, not a problem. We have, we have a very, <laughs> we are a very luxurious land and yes, most of us have extra income and it's not really a problem we have financially, no. Yeah, okay, so it's just a, it's just a uh, numbers issue of players then. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I've been hearing a lot of complaints, uh, not complaints, but a lot of other countries talking about they are so few and they need extra players and we are 350,000 living in Iceland and, and it was never really a problem. And I like to hear that. <laughs> I like to yeah laugh at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see uh, the the contrast between countries where uh some some of them have no financial constraints at all which in that, in those countries it's usually getting the players motivated but some of them have more players motivated than they need but they are financially not unable to attend the WDC and there are some like like Turkey who are both financially troubled and also don't have enough players. Like, we are a country of 80 plus million, but the reactive cortique community has died here during COVID and it hasn't been rekindled yet. Has COVID been a similar effect there? I don't know how you guys did your quarantine, so it's. I'm curious that how did COVID affect Iceland and cortique in Iceland? I think we mostly got affected like everyone else. Uh, the end of COVID, end of COVID, it was last year at least, I went to tournaments in in England and, and Netherlands and such, and I felt the rules were pretty much similar in those countries as here. Uh, the biggest effect really this had on, had our, on our community is that the store that had all the tables for us to play uh, closed that room because of COVID and they were pretty it was pretty hard to convince them to open it up again they were very afraid having an outbreak and it being all over the news in Iceland which is very small if something happens everyone knows about it so we ended up clearing the living room at my house and hoping the 40 man tournaments here all year yeah. that is pro probably the biggest biggest the biggest change COVID had on us. Uh, and that, uh, uh, that is a substantial change for sure to, to rearrange your living room just so you can play 4K. It's a, it's, it shows commitment, I gotta admit to that. Uh, how about the TTS, by the way? Because do you guys play TTS over there or do you prefer real-life games? We definitely prefer the real-life games. I feel like some of the team members are just getting in TTS now. Everyone lives very close to each other. It's like a sometimes sometimes it's a ten minute walk, sometimes it's a ten minute in the car, getting to another person to play. So we're usually just playing in playing in person. But some people are getting into TTS now. One on one. And as soon as people take the step, they usually are in. So yeah, they're definitely getting some experience for, from TTS now. Yeah, the TTS is 
it, the games take longer and it's not ideal obviously compared to real life games it's you cannot uh, simulate the actual standing on the table as a real person but it also allows you to essentially use brand new armies because there's a model construct you don't have to buy and paint the model so it would be it would be a very nice uh, it allows that but it's obviously it's subpar experience so uh, can you tell me about uh, the let's say I, how do I phrase this correctly the reception that you guys you have personally received in the international tournaments that was the you said that you guys have matched skill level which is very good but did the were you expecting them to play better or worse or like do you think oh I, I think we can like what was your impression of the international tournament scene I feel like I hit a wash in at first playing in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a tiny wall. I did want to go and do a bit better than I did at the beginning, but was now I've been mostly been go missing on one game to go undefeated, which I'm pretty happy with. But having gone to a few tournaments in England and other places in Europe and having go to SoCal and Las Vegas Open, I definitely want to say that people in the USA suck. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> and sure, we all think that, but we don't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, they, they, have like, they have like 10 good players, then, then they have like 20 okay players, and everything after that is so downhill. Here in Europe, you have every single country having like 10 players, then 20, 30, and then... Everything, everyone being medium. Which, so, having a 200-man tournament in the USA and 200-man tournament in England, with 10 and 10 best are as good. Then that was top 20, top 20 is almost as good. And then everything after top 20 in the USA just goes crashing down. So I just want to throw that shade out since we were mentioning uh, it. And also, you guys have, and I think you're doing it on purpose as well, because you guys are in the same group for the first day with USA, along with Latvia and Netherlands. So you guys are definitely going to play against USA. Yeah, they got to tag, tag along in a group. Looking forward to it. So, And also, it's great having Netherlands there. It's nothing. It's nice to have a easy day. I mean, <laughs> one auto win. So yeah, we're looking very much forward to it. Uh, I like that. I like the shape traveling out around the like you you obviously seem like you are following the international scene a bit and what is your take of the like what's your take of the general state of the game and the WTC in general I felt like we are always hitting I like two or three months the the meta is hitting kind of a wall. There is something that, some shit that floats way above everything else. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that gets fixed, something else floats the top. So, really like the WTC having eight-man team with different armies. So if one or two shit floats up, it's not gonna, it's 
you still have to find six or seven armies to compete and win the actual actual match that is so i really must like it yeah and that's definitely one of the good aspects of team play versus singles plays which which is going to be my next topic in team play it doesn't matter if one army in the game is broken and has like 75% win rate because you can only take one of them. And the, the bigger the team says, it means that you'll eventually run out of the best armies, the obvious best choices at least. And you'll have to, to find me good mediocre armies, like the best of the mediocre armies that also fit you because at that point there's no obvious selection. So you'll have to consider your players, you have to consider the models you have or realistically play there might be an army that says uh that has great potential but it you find it a bit too late you find it like a day or two before the submission and you might not have enough time to collect the models like this is different that way like real life is different that way from tts you cannot immediately form that army on top of that you need a player to play that army well you can have eight great armies but if your players are inexperienced on those armies you'll you're going to suffer and so have you like you said you've selected your teams team members already and have they been and it have they been playing with their factions for a long time or did any of the players had to change their factions for the WTC have not completely locked in every faction mm. i was always nervous past months locking something in because i had a feeling that new rules would be coming out like they are doing now at the fifth yeah but you, most, you most, are correct most of us yeah most of us are very flexible and have played a lot of armies and we pretty much own almost anything and in the worst case and we need to gather up one army, we can easily do that, and then we'll have Robert Altney paint it for us. And it's nice to let him know now that he has to do it. <laughs> but, but yeah, most of us most of us have played at least three, four armies. And I don't think that anyone is really gonna have to play something they haven't played before. So I don't see that becoming a problem for us. No, okay, so you are advantage uh, from my interviews with other teams, it looks like you are in an advantage in that regard because you are your players are, as you said, play several factions. And especially with the Nephilim book that's coming out in at this point two weeks, we'll probably get the leaks by next week. And it will it's going to shift a lot. It's going to probably going to be a at least at the level we are trying to get have at WTC is going to cause a lot of changes and it I expect some teams might find some niche builds that will work out great and but do it in a sort of secret way so I'm up I'm looking for so I'll be honest I'm looking for surprises in the WTC that some teams have cracked the meta and the favorites we assumed the favorites that we assumed would do well might actually might actually not do that great. Uh, do you feel yeah. do you feel confident in that regard? Do you think you can find the good things quickly? Yeah, I believe we 
can be very quick to quick about it. Uh, a lot of us, a lot of us, a few of us are, uh, a few of us are single or without kids and but a warhammer is life. So yeah. we're gonna definitely crack it when it comes out. And I am not really worried about our team, but I expect some teams going that I expect some teams are going to be too smart and outsmart themselves trying to have something wombo combo thing with this and that and that and then it falls apart on itself because it's too smart. <laughs> uh, you just described so short. You just described Team Germany in 2017. Uh, it's like they they had these all these weird lists that nobody thought and they they seem to have outsmarted themselves because they that it didn't work out not at all. So, yeah, I believe I believe also with the WTC format that having those eight teams is the magic number. If you have like four, maybe five teams, you can skew. If you have four teams, you can go into fully, but a full blasting psychic, or you can go full mechanicum with big vehicles slash big monsters. But having eight teams, you can't really skew that much into those directions. Although you can do something, but you can't fully commit to it. So I like that having eight teams. I feel like it's the best number. Yeah, the the eight players. It's also a good number logistically as well. It's maybe we, maybe theoretically it can be ten, but not really, not necessarily. This eight seems fine in our game, and it's also opens an aspect on the pairing too. I agree with you faction wise fully. By the way, it's uh, four, like four seems to be not great. Because four seems to be you are stuck with the best factions. If everybody is actually on top of their game, they'll just like seventy-five percent of the like three out of four of the each team members will be the same faction. But at eight, you are at least going to have you have to differ somehow, and the pairing process on top of it changes everything as well. Like, were you able to? practice with uh, any other team versus team format games like were you able to do any friendly games that you were able to test out pairings i've been invited to such and especially on tts and you're gonna try like 4v4 5v5 in the next weeks to really starting the team format and we've also Got in some laughable offers from Netherlands. Try to come, uh, come and practice in Netherlands with some teams. But we, we're looking for a real game, you know. So we did decline that real competition. Yeah, I'd, obviously the, the TTS, like like we talked about, it helps, but it's not it's not the best. No, it's not a one hundred percent substitute, and it's the team factions and the pairings process is going to be it's going to be a challenge uh i know from the ticket sales because obviously i have access to them that you guys are also planned to attend the singles which is which makes me have one question are you planning to use the same armies for singles as teams I am not going to the singles, I just don't have time, but I think we are at least four of us, if not five, attending the singles, and okay, then it has not really... 
let it me rephrase. It's discussed, but I think they're going to take the same army. Yeah, okay, let me rephrase the question then. Are you going to make your players use the same armies? Because there are <laughs> there are some captains that, that want to keep everything secret about the team event. Like, don't even play any game publicly. That's kind of secret. So they, they don't allow... Not allow, but they discourage their players to not play singles, especially with the same armies. But there are, there's the other approach of, well, it's good practice. We can have six practice games in two days, and it would be great, I guess, because we're going to have a good high-quality tournament. And so I think if you have, making them play the same armies is more beneficial than not. Definitely not make them do anything. They're free to do what they want. But I do not believe in in hiding everything. I mean, if you look at if you look at sports team, they are not locking them itself inside at the preseason and everything is secret. Nobody gets to know anything. Best practice is going out and keep competing against the teams. That is the real test and the real practice and the real moment you learn something. You need you can't keep it fully in house. Then you are you are, what do you say, you are limiting yourself. So I would definitely tell them to take their own army if they want to. Yeah, it's, uh... getting, the, getting the extra reps in. It's, if someone learns something, then they are learning some percentage, but we are still learning more percentage about our army. So we are in a plus. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good approach, and I agree with that fully, because it's like, uh, it would it's rare that a player has enough practice, especially with a constantly changing meta in that specific army, to say that, okay, I'm done. I played 100 games with this army. That's, that's usually not... Nobody's usually able to do that. Even our, what we can describe as the professional players is they have to divert their attention to several armies because of the constant meta changes. And it's... It's not easy to get the perfect uh, perfect experience, let's say. So, yeah. Uh, so, with all that said... Um, how do I say this? Do you trust... You said that you trust your player skills. Do you trust your team in general when it comes to matching up with the other teams? Instead of this, the USA, which I... Which I appreciate, by the way. Missing the essay is always nice. And uh, do you think that you guys have a good shot at the top rankings? We have a good shot at getting the upper quarter, like the top 7 out of 28. But uh, I am not very confident in winning the tournament. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but we but we are we are definitely going into every single game, every single match to win it, no matter what, no matter what team it is. We are definitely going in to win. We are not going in to play. I was, you know what I mean? Oh, not yeah. going in to lose. But but winning the tournament is something that is not really <laughs> an option. I believe. I think we have we have some European teams that I hope for their sake are better than us. But, but yeah, I think we have. We're at least gonna be. Uh, oh, that that's a re reasonable approach. There are uh, there are some teams that, like you said, go literally go to have fun. 
which is, I mean, you can do that, but it feels like there are more and more teams who are going there as a more, taking the more competition more seriously than, oh, let's just go there and have some beer. Because there are a few teams in the mix that do look at it and say, yeah, let's just have some fun. But there are, and there are other teams which have, which orient their entire 40k community around the WTC, which is the most prominent example I give about is the Polish community. They, all their tournaments are WTC oriented, WTC rules, and what they have more team tournaments than singles. Uh, what was the WTC's effect on the Iceland 40k community? Do you guys orient yourselves around the team tournament or around the WTC, or do you guys have? Oh, it's just a big turn. It's just the biggest tournament, but we are not going to do anything special for our own calendar. At the beginning of the year, we kind of we went the London GT route with our terrain and such, because most of us guys were going there and competing, but we did not alter anything for the WTC. We we have have all the London GT terrain for many tables and using that. We only have a single set of WTC, so we haven't been changing our tournaments for that. But uh, most of the team players have been altering their games personally to have to try to keep WTC in mind. Yeah, it's mostly the it's mostly the player in their games at tournaments and in their practice games trying to think about what is how certain results affect the WTC scoring and such. Hmm. No, no, that that's so. It's more of a individual effort more than a communal effort, like like a top-down thing. It's more of a bottom to a bottom-up thing. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so, I'll, this is a personal question back to you again. Did you said you started attending international tournaments more more recently. Did those meet your expectations? I sort of skipped over this by accident, and I want to get back to that as well. So it's like, what were you expecting? I'm not talking about the skill level, because we talked about it. I'm talking about the atmosphere and the community in general. Like, Did, it, did the international tournament scene meet your expectations? Yeah, I feel so. Everyone is... Most everyone is really chill, very nice. The, there's like a everyone is friend atmosphere. Feel like most of the most, if not everyone, of the tournament organizers are always doing their best and always up to assist in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. I would definitely say so. Everything is everything's looking good, both in the the organize, organization and atmosphere of the tournaments and also the competitive, yeah. Yeah, it, yes, yes, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that, that's good because it's, uh, it's, it's an unfortunate aspect that some players are not, are not so chill, as you said. Uh, like you said, everybody's chill and, and some people are certainly not. And But I think there is a more genuine and sincere effort by the community in general to to make it more welcoming to make it where as long as you are 
decent, uh, at least somewhat respectful, that you will be received finally. Maybe there will be arguments regarding the rules, which is, it's the, it's the internet and it's nerdy thing. Is it's we are we are going to argue about the, where that comma is supposed to be and if that comma is ever going to affect the two, if two plus or a three plus or something, but I think it's going to it's going to be a very nice future for 40k and hopefully GW doesn't fuck it up anytime soon. Uh, yeah, definitely. I really believe it's going up. I feel Sack having his London Grand Tournament mm -hmm. in England this. I feel like that is a huge push here in Europe. And of course, Frontline Gaming have, have already established a huge thing in, in the States and Games Workshop is just adding a little bit on that. But especially now with Frontline wrapping up their tournaments, Sack wrapping up his tournament in England, but uh, rising tide floats all boats. I believe that to communities around England, around Europe are going to be rising also with England. And I only believe that it's going to go up. And I fully believe in Games Workshop not to fuck it up. <laughs> oh, dear, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, like I said. And I, that's actually a very positive message you just said be, with the, the rising tide lifts our boats. Because I... Some people in the tournament scene don't feel that, and they feel that by having a tournament uh, closer to their own tournament, like somebody else having a tournament, let's say, February 5th, and they, their tournament being February 9th, like 19th would reduce attendance. Maybe initially it might, but I believe, like I said, that the more bigger tournaments there are, the more interest there is in general. And the pie is not a limited pie. It actually grows, which is... Uh, yes, there is some competition in order to get the most players to your tournament. I am a TO with my own tournaments as well, so that I feel... I try to stay away from the bigger tournaments, at least in the Germany to Austria region, although I live in Turkey, weirdly. Uh, it is a positive aspect that... When Las Vegas Open sells a thousand tickets, it actually it doesn't really reduce the European attendance, but increases it. It's like they people seem to want. Why don't we have those thousand people tournament? Which they actually do. Uh, for example, have you heard of the French War Gaming Day? No, I have not. <laughs> okay, okay. If it is. Probably the biggest 40k tournament after the Las Vegas Open. It's a doubles tournament with 1,200 people. Okay, wow. Yeah, and no one has heard about it. It has been postponed twice because it was dated originally for late 2020. So it has been postponed for two years, but nobody knows about it because everything is in French. Every content about made about it is in French. All the attendants like mostly are French. And there is the Talavera GT in Spain, which is, if I remember correctly, an eight-person team tournament with 600 or so players. And Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. It, yeah. yeah. Huge thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, it is an aspect that I would like to... Uh, 
bring the community more together in that and that's why i'm talking about this in this interview especially not just introduce to you but introduce those tournaments in at least known like being aware of them which it is a challenge for the european communities to advertise in in, in english to the in general international community because they that they i don't think they feel the need to because they are most of their attendance is the local guys who speak their language which is fine that's not a problem i'm saying they have to go international but i think every community this is a message for you as well by the way need to produce at least some content in english and i'm not saying to go start a youtube channel or anything that's not what i said what i want to point out it's like maybe having the rules pack or the rule set in english format as well while posting pictures of the tournament posting it alongside like french or the icelandic english as well because i feel we are not as the community leaders we are we can do definitely do a better job with uh, making people in the continent aware and showing the americans that there are actually quite big fish here as well they like obviously the players the wtc american players are aware of that fact when they come here and even a country they have they might not heard of beats them in the tournament uh, but i think we can do a very better a better job to say the least when it comes to promoting and making people aware of what we do and i'm looking forward to do that with the wtc even this podcast and i've learned quite a bit about the icelandic community which is always interesting uh, i think it would be very nice so i i had this uh, like two or three years ago i went to a gt in sweden for a cool gt it was westeros or something and almost 200 people and then someone came on stage and started, started to talk in Swedish about the tournament, talked for a very long time. And afterwards, the tournament was going to start, and I was like, hey, uh, I don't fully understand <laughs> Swedish, what were you saying? Yeah. But uh, we, we always, we are like 14 guys here in the tournament, and we usually try to have everything, all announcements in English, you know, having definitely having it open yeah it's it's and that way people at least at least can be aware of it as well it's more like there needs to be some channels of communication and i think we can do that with the wtc the squad guys with you and me and all the captains i think we can we have a positive uh positive road ahead so uh we are nearing the end of our time here. I don't want to keep you for that longer as well because you might be busy and it is a Saturday of the time of recording so you might have some fun time out. Uh, do you have any shout-outs before my final question? Because I do have a final question and but do you like to shout-out anybody before that? Mm, no, not really. I feel like I have thrown all shade I wanted to. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah okay uh and why like is there a if anybody this is not my final question but if there's anybody 
who want to get it, who wants to get in touch with the Icelandic community? Is there a Facebook page or something that they can find you guys? Yeah, we have a Facebook page. It's like Warhammer Au Islandi, which is Warhammer in Iceland, in Icelandic. But uh, it might be hard to find it. It will be linked. In... I will ask you for the link, and you can. I'll yes, put it in the description. I'll, I'll put your link. Yeah, yes. that, that would, I think that would make it easier. Uh, yeah, and and all the captains, we are all all the captains can message me. They can find me on the Discord server, and I am here and there on on some competitive groups. And I believe if you see my name, Heidar, you will definitely know it's me because I don't really believe anyone in the world has my name, except some people in Iceland. So. Yeah, I'm always up for if anyone wants to get in touch in the, with the Icelandic community. Yeah, and maybe you guys might, like, uh, this shout-out you have actually quite, uh, actually resulted in a few skirmish games on TTS as well, so that might be an opportunity in July as well. Okay, so for my final question, this is more of a, uh, uh, let's say, try to quality assurance for the WTC. I know you haven't attended the ETC or WTC yet, but can you describe your ideal WTC? Uh, I am I am mostly thinking about the comfort. I mean, the players are always going to be the players. They're going to play and do this and that, and they are usually going to be jolly. <laughs> it's not... Yeah, and having a nice game, but having... High ceilings with good air and not going long distances to get to the arena and maybe having some food that everyone can enjoy and everything everything on hand. Hmm. I have I I like what Zach has been doing in London. He has been getting food trucks to be around. When the tournament is, so if people don't want to walk hard to go to McDonald's or something like that, they can have, he has like one or two food trucks waiting outside and yeah, like just trying to have everything by hand that people need and trying to have the air conditioning going well. <laughs> uh, in August, that's definitely a priority for sure. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, oh no, that's player comfort then, which is which is a reasonable request. It's like, uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. Players shouldn't well have to walk like ten fifteen minutes to get food. Everything should be, at least, as an an easy option should be available. Maybe they don't want to use it, which is fine. But yeah, it's the the high ceilings. Obviously, I agree, and we have that. They see we have that as well, so it should be fine. But yeah, I think I, then I, I'm confident that you will have a very nice WTC this August in Michelin. Yeah, please also. I'm very. We are all very excited for it. Yeah, and we are excited as well as the the Orga part, and it's it's going to be a very fun event with twenty eight teams. It's it's higher than I expected, but even these challenging times will. People seem to make a, find a way, which is very nice. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I enjoyed this podcast greatly, and it was a good insight to the Icelandic community. 
Yeah, <clears throat> my pleasure. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll call you for another episode for the for next year of 2023. Who knows what will happen by then? Uh, thanks. Yeah, sure. Thanks to everybody for listening, and hope you guys join in in the next episode of the WTC Squadcast in the Discord. Have a nice day. Thank <laughs> you.